Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Caw and I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports' Craig Swan and the one and only Chris Sutton. Guys, how are you both? Yes, yeah. very, very well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, good to, it's good to finally be back on a Celtic podcast. It's been a while, but there's been plenty to talk about. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I don't know, I don't know what you think, Swan. I mean, there's been so much that's happened since we last put out a podcast. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. First thing I would say, Daniel, is it may have been a while for you part-time. <laughs> but Sutton and I have been involved in regular podcasts. Oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Sort your shifts. <laughs> don't be down in his don't be down in his down. Listen, whenever I, get, whenever, whenever I get the call off the bench, I'm there. I'm like soul scaring his prime. Yeah. Phil James McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I, I suppose obviously uh, in the last sort of week or so, uh, Ange Postacoglu has collected another managerial award, his own sort of personal treble. Um I mean, I know there's been plenty said uh, about the job that he's done at Celtic, but it's still, it's pretty remarkable when you, you kind of look at the, you know, where we came from, the three defeats in the first six games and 25-point swing from last season. Kind of run out of adjectives, Chris, you know, to describe the job he's done. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that that's, you know, that's right. And, but I suppose now, uh, Ange Postacoglu, it's, it's not about looking back on last season. It's about looking forward. Into next season, and as we all know, the uh, you know the pressure will be on. You don't get sort of much time to breathe as as manager of Celtic, and the Champions League will come round. The you know group stage, which is a is a big deal for the club, and that was you know I suppose that was at the start of the season so so far away to think that Celtic would go you know into the Champions League group stage automatically after the debacle of last season. But he's there, um, and as you say, I mean, I think he's had so much praise for the job which he's done and the recruitment, but now Celtic have to go again. And with the loss of, uh, of Rogic and, uh, and, and Beat on both, who have been superb um, players for the club's superb servants for the club, these are players who are going to need replacing. So it's going to be interesting because there's still work to do in the, uh, in the transfer market. Jot is not over the line. Carter Vickers isn't over the line. And... I suppose amongst the Celtic support, you know, there will be this thinking, you know, why aren't these players, why aren't they done already? Because, you know, those two players, Jotter and Carter Vickers, have been so, so important in Celtic's success this season. And Swanee, I, I mean, to start with Tom Rogic, I mean, I don't even know, I don't know how Celtic go about trying to replace a player as influential, as skillful as him. I mean, it will be nigh on impossible. To kind of replace him? I think that's exactly the case, Daniel. And I think in these situations, it's a dangerous thing to try and replace. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, you just you just get other guys to play in a similar area, area of the pitch. You're never going to get another Tom Rodic. I mean, Ange Postecoglou clearly could see round corners or, or he knew what was coming uh, with the recruitment of, of Matt O'Reilly in January. Um, so he's, he's bedded into the team. But expecting O'Reilly to be as as good as Rodgers or the same type of player as Rodgers is just it's just impossible. You're not going to replace a guy like that. The thing about Tom Rodgers was he used to get criticised for, oh, he can't last a full game and oh, maybe just get an hour out of him. And sometimes that might have been true. But the one thing you would have to say about Tom Rodgers is big players deliver in big games. Mm-hmm. And the amount, if, if you look at Tom Rodgers' highlights reel, it's cup mm. final goals. 
It's semi-final goals. It's goals in Champions League qualifiers. It's goals in Old Farm games. Whenever a big moments arrived at big times for different Celtic managers, he was there for them. And I think that's probably the best piece of praise you can give him, the fact that when it really counted, he was there. Yeah, and, and I, I think if you look at the game at Ibrox, where you know Celtic 2-1, they ended up winning at, uh, at Ibrox uh, this season. Rogic was the big influencer in that game. Massive, And that game really was the game where I think everybody thought, do you know what, what, what an opportunity now for Celtic. And that's, you know, he, he is, he's going to be irreplaceable, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're right, Craig, in, you know, with the O'Reilly comparison and, and he's the next one to, to try and uh, fill Tom Rogic's shoes but you know that's that's going to be a, a a tall order are you are you surprised though i i mean I, I i mean i don't know this answer that's why i'm asking you the questions you boys are the knowledge aren't you but i i mean what is what's the what's the talk about why rogic has left just wants to, a different challenge is it I think, or chris i think it's i think it's a pretty simple one you you would know as a footballer yourself and you would know plenty of guys like it if you're a Callum McGregor, a, a James Forrest, possibly like a Paul McStay back in the day. If you're, if you're local, born and bred, then it's easier to stay a sort of full career. If you've come from foreign climes and you've come to a new country, it's a long. They've given a long service. Tom Rogic and Nabiton, both of them have given a decade of their lives. And I think at the age they're at, young families maybe just want to try something new. I don't think there's anything. Sinister in it. I don't think there's anything. They don't, you know, the falling out with Celtic and I don't think it's anything like that. I think we well, we know it's nothing like that. It's just a case of the guys looking for a new chapter to try something new in their careers. They've both been quite open about that. There's maybe time just to try something else. You know, Chris, you only get so long as a player. They've maybe got what five, six years left. Maybe a wee bit more. Thirty-five, thirty-six is usually the end for. Yeah, mine, mine was 34, but I know what you're saying. Um, uh, but, but, all right, you're a different case, obviously. If you'd have went any further back the pitch, you'd have been a ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I only, uh, I mean, I only left because of uh, a little stracking coming in, really. You know, was, I mean, that was a uh, that was a strange old time. But no, it's uh, you know, I, I think every Celtic fan will wish them well. Beaton uh, has been uh, really important in the respect that. He's been so adaptable and he's, you know, he's not always played, hasn't been first choice, but I think he's shown a tremendous attitude around the place. He's not going to be missed as much as, as Rogic because everybody, no, no matter who it is, every Celtic fan is thinking, you know, who's, who's going to be able to produce that moment of magic uh, next season when Celtic will have to go again? So, sort of, uh, I, you know, I do think that Rogic is irreplaceable, but Celtic are going to have to get on with it. And that's, I suppose the one thing that, or one of the, not the one thing, but Ange Postacoglu's got a lot of things right um, last season. But his recruitment was remarkable in the fact that I don't think anybody who he signed really, the, the exception may be James McCarthy, where you think, you know, everybody else has, uh, has been a tick. Can I add one thing just on Beaton before we close up on him, mm. Chris Daniel? Yeah. He was almost a victim of his own success in the fact that if you consider the Champions League qualifiers, it, it became a standing joke, Chris, between yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Oh, Champions League qualifiers, it must be time to parachute near Beaton in the centre-half. Yeah. He, 
Nair Beton got Celtic through a couple of qualifying campaigns and into the Champions League group stages when Brendan Rodgers was there. Brendan Rodgers changed him. Now, when they arrived, he was, a, he was an international midfield player. That's what, mm. he, that's what he did. His adaptability helped Celtic out so often, but he also suffered for it a little bit because yeah. there was a period where he was making mistakes. He got sent off at Ibrox last year, if you remember, or last season. It was in a big, big game when Celtic, when it finally disappeared for Celtic, I think they went 16 points behind. And some guys wanted him out the door there and then, oh, he's finished, he's done, blah, blah, blah. He keeps it. Postacoglu came in, recognised right away, this guy isn't a centre-half, he's an international midfield player. And that's when mm. I'm going to play him. And it's interesting, he's probably his best season in three or four this year, just mm. by playing back in the position he should be playing in. So he gave a lot of himself up for Celtic, and I think people should remember that. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with all that. But you know, I, I think people uh, would remember that. But in, in terms of you know the two players, I mean, you know, I think you've described Rogic as the magic man, uh, Swanee, many many times. I, I wouldn't disagree. I would with copy, that, copyright Brendan. That yeah, one. yeah. Was it was it copying Brendan again? Uh, copyright Brendan. He came up copyright. with that. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's. Uh, but that's the one. Uh, you know, that that creativity. You know, how does Celtic solve that that problem? And, it, you know, it will be a problem. Absolutely. And I think I speak for every Celtic fan when I say that, even if he'd done nothing else other than score that goal against Aberdeen, which hard to believe five years ago now, this summer, I think I'm right, 2017, the invincible yeah. season, that one goal, can that, for me anyway, puts him in amongst the kind of modern Celtic legends, Tom Rodgers. Yeah, it was an iconic moment that. Do you remember that day? Were you, were you boys at Hamden that day? I was, I was there. I was, I was mm. do, you, do you remember the flash of lightning just as he I, took the ball out of his feet? I, it was literally happened at the split second. He took the ball out of his left foot on his right foot. It was a flash of lightning. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the flash of, li- of no. lightning. No. It's, it's, no. it's funny you say that, Swanee. I, I remember that so clearly. Honestly, yeah. right, right as he controlled the ball, you're right, eh? Oh, sorry, I mean, are you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, are you, I mean, you suggesting that was a godlike moment, the flash of lightning, and then <laughs> flash of lightning, flash from... of thunder from down under. It was all yeah. there. Divine intervention. Yeah. It was all there. Yeah. Um, just going back to you, you mentioned that a few moments ago, Chris, about the um, about obviously uh, the Carter Vickers and Jota still kind of up in the air. Two fantastic signings for Celtic uh, last or throughout the last season. But should fans be concerned that it's not been done yet? I mean, personally, I'm, you know, when I saw, we did a story in Record Sport earlier this week about uh, footage of Juranovic pleading with Jota's family on the pitch uh, out on Trophy Day about, stay here, stay here. Um, that was Come on, come on. <laughs> I don't think he was hardly pleading, was he? Come on. I, I, I'm using that music a bit. Come you on, better on that license. I've not seen I've not seen this footage. If you could send it to me. So what, when he was pleading, was he on his knees? Or, or was what was Yeah. I mean he, 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 he was pointing at the ground when he was talking to Yota's family. He may well have been saying, Are you staying for something to eat? <laughs> staying for <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, the crazy, the crazy old world he's now pleading for Jota to stay. <laughs> the, 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 one, the one thing I would say about it is, is it, you know, if you're a Celtic fan, of course you're nervous about it because the fact of the matter is, is you know, there must be, there must be, there must be an issue or two which needs, you know, resolving because otherwise the players would have signed, right? Or agreed to sign. So there, there are, you know, things to get over the line. And then, 
you know, this leads to wild speculation. And I know you two are really excellent at wild speculation about you know, what, what, could, what, what could happen. Shocking. But, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if these two uh, guys wanted to sign, they'd just say, you know, we're going to get it done, wouldn't they? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just sort of too simplistic, but that's what you know. I would think if you know if the deal was already done and they'd agreed to stay. I know everybody loves a, a big announcement, um, but uh, you know, the longer this goes, the more concerning it will go. And of course, because of both of their performances last season and the consistency they showed, other clubs will be eyeing them up and looking at them. And and I'm sure they will be getting offers from other clubs. But from Celtic's point of view, I think that it's it's key they get both done. I think Carter Vickers, um, say especially, but I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think that his level of performance throughout the season... And consistency, I, I, I think he's going to be so, so difficult to replace. Jota, you know, individual, uh, super talented, gives Celtic a different dimension in that final 30, slightly different than anything else Celtic have got. But uh, both players, you know, are going to be key if they do get signed for next season. But Carter Vickers, I mean, from a from a Celtic perspective, uh Ange Postacoglu must be desperate to get that done. I think he's been heavily linked with Newcastle, hasn't he, Carter yeah. Vickers? I think it's understandable that I think what you say is absolutely correct, Chris. But I think they're both. I think and I think both things are linked. I think if they'd average seasons, they would be maybe could have been signed up already. If 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 you if you're an agent or you're or you're in another club, you're gonna you're gonna ask the question, aren't you? You're gonna ask the question mm. until you know get it puts them in a strong position. Those boys. They're going to be wanted. They're going to be sought after in other places. It's just natural, and you know how deals move these days. Slower than you used to at centre half. So <laughs> the one, the, the, the one thing I'd say from both players' perspective is this, and this is something which they seriously need to think seriously need to think about. Now they may get they may get bigger and better offers elsewhere. And when I say bigger and better, more lucrative offers, which can make a far greater difference to their, uh, you know, their life in the future. Okay. But they have both carved out a reputation uh, of the season, which they have just had. And they are both in a good place in terms of where they are at in their football journey. But, you know, they've built their reputations off the back of, one strong season at Celtic. I think that in many respects, they, not they, I mean, it's, do they owe it to the club? Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a personal choice. But under Postacoglu, they've played the best football of their careers. So in that respect, they're both young men. I would think that if that was me, I would think, you know, we've had it good. I would like to build on that and then, you know, have another year of consistency and then maybe see where we are at. But, you know, they're, they're on, um, they're on sort of a you know their own football journey as such and, and these aren't players at the end of their career you know they've had it good under Postacoglu Champions League group stage football I understand about having the you, you know their head turned you know that that can happen but at this moment in time what's what's the best thing for their careers and the best thing for their careers in my opinion is to stay at Celtic have another strong season and then Let's see where they're at. 
think that's a great point, Chris, because you talk about um, you say do they owe it to Celtic in, in the sense of loyalty and stuff like that, and you know as well as I do, there's very little loyalty in football these days. But in some ways, when you look at the career path of the two of them, mm-hmm. and I can't speak for Carl Vickers, but I, I can I can speak a bit for Jota, having spoken to him one night in Budapest uh, after the game. Is Budapest uh, is that a club in Glasgow or is that in? <laughs> Honestly, where where do we where do we go here? Where do we go? You're known you're, you're known five live now, sorry. Anyway, intelligent, intelligent, well travelled people now. <laughs> I'll tell Mark Chapman you said that. Go and carry on. <laughs> um, no, but in fairness, you're talking about owing it to Celtic. Perhaps there's a little bit of the fact that they may owe it to themselves career wise. I think Cameron Carter Vickers had six loans. Yeah. Um, just been bumped from pillar to post. Never really had a home. Never re- never really established. I know he played games at the loan clubs, but. Celtic, this is a chance to get a home, as you said, the Champions League stuff. Jota as well, um, he wouldn't elaborate on it that night, but he mentioned a couple of times about dark times, and we got the impression he was alluding to the fact that he just couldn't get games at Benfica, he just wasn't playing, you know, he wasn't really fancied. Now he's at a place where he's adored and he's going to play. And when I, you know as well as I do, whenever a Champions League team needs pick next season, or a, or, a, or a cup semi-final team or an old firm team, Jota's 99% likely to be in it. Mm. So you owe it to yourself almost for your own career. And where is the downside, really? I mean... Well, the, 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 the downside... Uh, the only... Oh, look, the downside. Where is the downside? I just think that... The finance, uh, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, finance. It, yeah, absolutely. They have to... You know, as players as well, and, you know, my career's uh, long gone now, but you have to sort of be careful what you wish for uh, as players. And these two players, their game has developed really well under Ange Postacoglu. So they go, you know, they go somewhere else, for argument's sake. Uh, A new manager, new environment, and things don't quite work out. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen because they, you know, they might go and have wonderful careers elsewhere. But there's a... You know, there's also a trust element. I think that they trust Postacoglu, that, you know, they, they trust the way that he's coached this season. They can see the development. They're young men. There's no great rush for them at this no. moment in time. And the no. fact that Champions League football is there, what an incentive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, if I'm, if I'm Carter Vickers and I get the opportunity to go to, I don't know, he's been linked with, uh, he's been linked with Newcastle, uh, for example. Why would I... Want to go to uh, to Newcastle other than for the money, when you know Newcastle have been brilliant under Eddie Howe, and, uh, you know absolutely outstanding. But Carter Vickers, the opportunity to play Champions League football—that's where you want to be, isn't it? As and a player, get, uh, uh, and the fact right, that they don't, have that, want... they don't have the qualifiers, I think that that's you know that's that's a massive deal. That's a massive incentive. Why not challenge yourself? And it's you know Jota. Uh, I mean, you boys will know where he's, you know, been linked with. But I, I still think he's got a fair bit of developing uh, to do. I think that he, you know, he has those individual moments of brilliance. You know, he's he, he holds the ball really well. He's got that ability to to beat men, can go on the outside, drive inside, and and, and get his shots off. But I I still think, uh, you know, in terms of his physicality and endurance, I think that that Jota will no doubt benefit uh, another season or two under Postacoglu and, and become a, uh, a more accomplished all-round footballer because there's always parts of uh, everybody's game which you know they have to work on and I think there are areas of Jota's game which 
he can improve on. But the improvement which he's shown this season, if I was him, if I was Carter Vickers, I'd think I'm in a great place now. I've enjoyed my football. They've played with a smile on, on the face. So, you know, let's give it another season under Ange Postacoglu in the Champions League and then uh, carry on developing and then see where we're at. Just a final point on that, Chris, and I'm in total agreement with you. And it's just where you can take your career with, with Champions League. Um, the example I think would probably be a good example if you look at the Celtics' last two French strikers. Mm-hmm. Odson Edward was brilliant. So, I mean, he never had that Champions League, those Champions League moments with Celtic, and he ended up middle of the road Premiership. Crystal Palace, the greatest of respect to him, still a cracking move, but it yeah. wasn't the next tier of teams. Moussa Dembele scored two goals against Manchester City in the Champions League, and all of a sudden, he's in the top rank of teams that are looking at him. Mm-hmm. And, he yeah. ends, and he ends up getting a move to, to a big gun rather than a, you know, one, one, of the, one of the lesser teams in England, or not lesser teams, but the mid-table teams. He ended up getting linked with all sorts. And where's he been? Leon, Atletico Madrid now. That's the yeah. difference. You go Champions League, you perform there. Six games in the Champions League. You literally, mm-hmm. as a Jota as a winger, could have one night when he destroys a fullback and scores two goals. Yeah. That's him. His career's made. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. And whether we like it or not, you, you know, people, uh, you, you know, they judge the Scottish League from from abroad and they'll think, well, it's at a certain level. It's not one of the big five leagues in European in European football. Whether we like it or not, that is the perception. So at the highest level, at you know, at Champions League level, as, uh, as you quite rightly say, a couple of big performances and the perception just changes like that overnight. Yeah. I have to say, Swanee, that was a great point from you. Well done there. That was really good. Um, <laughs> As if the rest of them were just awful. <laughs> just getting you back to my Juranovic anecdote. Um, <laughs> the Champions League, obviously, we've mentioned it, but it's a huge point, I think, this summer um, for Celtic. Um, I, think it's worth, I think it's worth mentioning as well now that I think it's crucial that Celtic are going to be the only uh, team in Scotland with direct entry to the Champions League. I mean, Chris, that, that should give Celtic a a massive advantage in the in the transfer market as well. Um, yes, yeah, I, you know, I I would think I would think that's the case. I mean, I wouldn't get sort of too carried away with that. You've got to say Rangers had a good run in Europe last season, and you know, impressed. You got you know, you have to say that. I take my hat off to them for many of their performances. It's a shame for them that they uh, came up short uh, on penalties. Um, but from Celtic's point of view, it's a, and this is this is what I've liked about Ange Postecoglou. He's not he's not really focused on the noise across the city and what's going on there. He's just focused on his team and his performance, and that that's why I think he's uh, you know he's achieved so much. Everything is based on the team's performance. Every game, every minute of training, performance, performance, performance. If the performance is there, the team go well. They play well and. Uh, and he doesn't get sidetracked from that, and I think that that's been his greatest strength, as far as I can see. You're, you know, you're you're on the ground there, you interview him a lot, but you know he doesn't he doesn't get sidetracked. You know, he's a coach who's produced wherever he's been before, and he's come into Celtic, he's taken it by storm. But even listening to to the talk now, the league has done. You know, he's he's enjoyed his moment, but it's about focusing now on next season and the improvement. And the challenge of the Champions League, because this season, in many respects, Europe-wise, I think that uh, it wasn't it wasn't a free ride and a free hit. I don't think it was, it was that case, but I think 
many Celtic supporters would look on Europe and think, well, it didn't really matter. The league was the be-all and end-all. We know now the league uh, has been bagged. Next season will be about, right, we need to compete at European level. And we know, we all know, going in at Champions League level, the elite level, that uh, Celtic are going to be tested. We saw Brendan Rodgers uh, in European competition go toe-to-toe with teams and get absolutely walloped. So I'm intrigued, really, about the way that uh, Ange Postacoglu approaches the Champions League and the way that he sets the team up. You know, can he can he set the team up to be super expansive and, uh, and go toe-to-toe with some of Europe's biggest clubs? It's, you know, it's a very, very fine balance because, as we know from Brendan's time, that there's, you know, there are wallopings to be had at times. What was it, seven in uh, against PSG away, five against PSG at home, walloped by Bayern Munich. So seven at five. It'll be interesting to see where you adapt. The yeah, th- there you go, yeah. Mm. yeah. Wait, Swanee, where else in the squad do you think Celtic need to look at this summer? I know they've been linked with a, a left-back at Hammerbeer, uh, whose name I won't even try and pronounce, but... A Yeti might go as well. I mean, is, is there other areas of the squad that that you, look obvious to be upgraded? Obviously, you have to take into account what happens with Jota and Carter Vickers when you make this assessment. Um, I think Chris makes a very good point about the Champions League. There's far too much agreement going on here today, by the way. Bring back Gannon for arguments. Um, <laughs> I think Bring he's, back he's Gannon for stupidity. <laughs> he's, 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 he's off ill, he's feeling sick He's had to eat that much humble pie over there <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Sorry big man um, No, I think Chris is right about that And I think when if Ange Postacoglu is going to play that way In the Champions League And I suspect he will Because he's always said he's not going to change You never find out about yourself That was his great quote in Leverkusen You never find out how good you are Unless you play this way um, I think in that do, sense do, 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 Here's one for you Do, do you think do you think that that that'll stand though, next season? Now, you know, well, he's, he's only Ange Postecoglou knows his philosophy. That. Yeah, but, only Ange Postecoglou knows that. Even Brendan Rodgers amended it slightly at the end after after taking a couple of doings and yeah. realised that he maybe had to. Um, I just think on Daniel's point, where they need strength, and they need to strength, they need to strengthen at the back because if you're going to play that way, you really have to have top-notch, quick defenders to allow certain areas in the pitch to be emptied. And you might get left two on two on three on three against some of the best players in Europe. So they're going to have to get better What, what, what about Christopher Julian then? Does Christopher Julian have a future next season? I don't think he does. Personally, I don't think he does, no. I think if Christopher Julian had a future at Celtic, you'd have seen him over the course. I, I know managers don't like breaking up defences. And, you know, if you're going to make changes to a team... You ex-pros, Chris, you always say, never change the goalkeeper in the two-cell halves. Try and keep your back four intact. But they did were I, did, did I say that? No, I just meant ex-pros in general always say that, don't they? Try and keep the same back four all the time. Try I've heard them. I've heard them. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the usual cliched stuff that you ex-footballers come out with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just think, I just think we would have seen more of Christopher Julian. If he was going to feature for Ange Postecoglou, I could be wrong. My gut feeling is I don't see it. I just don't mm. see it. I don't it, see it. Is it not a case of Christopher Julian out for a long time uh, and just not quite up to speed? Or possible. you know, you possible, possible. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you ask Ange Postecoglou and, and he says all the right things, you know, whenever we've asked him, we're doing, yeah, he's coming back, blah, blah, blah. But the proof's usually on the pudding. Yeah. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was really telling before the, the you know, the, the game ourselves that lifted the trophy that Julian came out and said, I've been fit since January, I'd love 90 minutes on the final day, and he wasn't even on the bench. I thought yeah, that... but, yeah. but but do you know what, Danny? He, he he's got to earn the right. And yeah. you, you know, I'm sort of with you know with Swanee here. Not that I'm always with Swanee. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, it is all pointing to Christopher Julian, and he does this quite well, uh, Ange Postecoglou, doesn't he? Because he doesn't, he, you know, he never comes out and sort of slates a player or whatever, or you know, throws throws any mud. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's one of those where. He keeps his, you know, he keeps his own counsel, and then the player moves on. But it looks like Julian will be on his way. I still think left back is a massive, uh, uh, a massive um, area for Celtic, and they've had uh, a weakness there for a, a number of seasons. Really, do you not and think Greg Taylor's had an outstanding second half of the season, Chris? Um, I, know I know he struggled at times. LA, LA, I'm, LA, I'm just, I'm just looking at But look, he has improved, surely. Listen, listen, yeah, and he's improving. And, you know, you might think I'm being harsh on him. I'm just saying, you know, Celtic are now going into the Champions League. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, here to be proved wrong. But all I'm saying, what worries me in the, you know, <laughs> against really top-level opponents, can Greg Taylor cut it? And this isn't me slamming him, you know, or, although it sounds like it is. But, you know, you've asked me which areas of the team do I think need improving. I think left-back's an area of concern. I think if, you know, if I'm being honest, I think Juranovic, I know he made the mistake at Ibrox, and, you know, you can come back and you can hit me with that. I think Juranovic is at the level which the others need to aspire to. Anyway, and, I, you know, I agree with you, Chris. I agree with you. It was just the way you said the, the massive, massive area of concern. I think, Greg, yeah. I think that's been a wee bit harsh from Greg Taylor. I think well, it's been good by a It's sort of how you know, you know it, it's it's how you view it. I'm looking at at, at the actual top level. I'm talking uh, at the too. highest, me too. highest Ch- level. Champions League level. You, you would say Joseph Juranovic yeah. is the upgrade on Anthony Ralston that Celtic needs for the Champions League, and yeah. I think we probably need an upgrade on Greg Taylor at left back for the Champions League as well. I agree with you. I just take a little bit of exception to the fact you say he's a massive, massive. Area because I think that's well, slightly. You, you know, it depends what level you're. You, you know, you're talking, at, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I think I, think, I agree with you. you know, like like you said, is improved, but but yeah. you know, you know, it just depends how high your bar is. Swanee and yours is obviously a bit lower than mine. And certainly, <laughs> and certainly, the and certainly they're going to need another top class centre half. Yep. Yep. Certainly, yep. certainly going to need a really good one because you need three anyway. But if we are, if the hunches that we have about Christopher Julian are right, Stephen Welsh is still there, maybe didn't progress as well as everyone had hoped this season. Again, due to lack of opportunity, because the two guys that were playing did so well. But you still it, think they need an, they still think they need an upgrade. On, it, I mean, it, it, and just in respect to that, it's going to be catastrophic for Celtic if Carter Vickers goes. I, I, I really do think that, and I know Starfelt has come on to a game. Uh, the longer the season's gone on, and, and you know, take my hat off to him. He had a really difficult start, and you, you know, was, you know, was tested. And I think at the end of the season, or the longer the season went on, it, I think he became more assured. But I think a lot of that uh, was down to having Carter Vickers alongside him. Carter Vickers, I know McGregor won the won the award, but Carter Vickers was, you know, has been the best player in Scotland 
this season, consistent consistency has been absolutely phenomenal. And I, I just think he's irreplaceable for Celtic. I really, really do. So they need to get that deal done. So to me, Daniel, it would it'd be the defensive area. I think they're okay in the middle of the park. They probably need to add one more. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember that Eriguchi was signed. Haven't really seen him because mm-hmm. of the injuries and the situation. Seen was it just mad. because of the injury? I think, I think so, Chris. They probably again couldn't get, couldn't really get gone, and the midfield was pretty well settled at that stage. Um, but so, I'll, I'll tell you what worries. I'll tell you what worries me about Celtic, and there's an issue this season, and going into next season, then you know I'm here to be shot at. But physicality, uh, set plays. Look, look down south. So I'm not comparing Celtic to Leicester City. Look at Leicester City down south. So every time there's a corner, mm-hmm. Leicester City can see the goal. I think it's you know it's it's a big deal, and I do think that that's something which you know Celtic are not a big team. They are not a big team, and so you you know you got your two centre halves. When Jackamakis plays, you got Jackamakis. So you know you mentioned Beaton's on his way. You know Beaton wasn't you know wasn't. Wasn't small, but I do think I'll, that that's. I'll tell you, you one. Know, I'll, tell you one player, Chris, you would, I'll tell you one player, Chris. You wouldn't think who's outstanding in his own penalty area, at defending set plays. You would, and you and you wouldn't think it. Mm. Matt O'Reilly. Mm. Watch the game against the amount of first balls Matt O'Reilly wins in his own box. He did it four mm. times in a row against Hearts. I was I was really surprised. I'd noticed it a couple of times before, but he did it three four times in a row in the second half against Hearts a couple of weeks ago. He's really mm. good at it. Just thought I'd throw that in there. A, I'll, yeah, I'll keep know, an eye on that. We'll go, I'll go on O'Reilly watch, but that's yeah, you know, that's a, yeah, he's that's good bit, at that. But but it is you know it it, it you know it is an issue. And, and the other thing I think you spoke about this earlier on this season, um, uh, Craig, is the oh, it was the centre funny, but it was a Craig, so I must be yeah, in trouble. Right. No, no, that's uh, just a little bit of respect. Yeah, yeah, get fed up with calling you funny. But just whether you know whether um, Postacoglu would try a three at the back, and because Jack, you know, how can you leave Jackamakis? How can how can he keep leaving him out of the team? That's a huge question, Chris. I know mm. how much of a fan you are of him. I know you're a fan of him and Kyogo, and they've both got their both got their traits. I think it's fascinating. I agree with you. I think it's really fascinating because I think the two of them are lethal at what at, at, you know at what they do. You know, Furuhashi can kill teams and behind where he's running, but he's maybe kind of get, hold it up and bring other guys in here the same way that Jakimakis can. You get the impression if the ball comes out of the penalty area, Jakimakis will just finish it. It doesn't matter where. Whereas Kyogo, for all these beautiful finishers, maybe not quite even as lethal as Jakimakis. They've both mm. got such good traits. You'd love to see the two of them playing together, but does that then affect the balance of the rest of the team the way Ange Postecoglou wants to play. I agree with you, Chris. I think it's fascinating. It'd be amazing to, to, to see how they would work together. I'll ask you one, Chris. Would he consider playing Kyogo off the left? He said after Celtic mm. lost to Ibrox. He said after Celtic lost to Ibrox at the start of last season, it was a mistake to play Kyogo off the left. But I got the impression that was more because the central striker at that time, Odson Edward, really couldn't be bothered and was going to Crystal Palace two days later. Yeah. Jackie Mackis had been playing inside Kyogo that day, Celtic might have won. I think I think Jackie Mackis, you know, his movement in the box is absolutely second to none. I, re- you know, I really do. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Jackie Mackis, but of course, how can you leave Kyogo out? You know, you say Kyogo is the sort of X factor, the sort of Larson uh, type figure. 
um, you know, the modern day sort of Larson type figure for Celtic. He's their go-to man. But is he as effective off the left-hand side as he is as a centre forward? So I suppose it's one of those where as I watch this space, he played two up at St. Johnston, didn't he? Went to a back three at St. Johnston earlier uh, earlier on, the, uh, or last season, I should say. But, uh, so that, you know, that's one how, you know, whether he can fit them into the team, whether they play well, well enough together. I'm, I'm sure they absolutely will. But it's how he views playing that back three, whether he likes the system. But trying to get them into the team, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of a nice headache to have. But I think it's one of those where, you know, maybe Ange Postacoglu will adapt and play two up. I could I could speak to you guys all day. I could do this for hours, guys. Um, but we're going to have to bring it to an end, I, I think, I'm afraid. Just to finish, though, looking ahead to next season, um, indulge me, guys. Who would you want to see under the floodlights at, at Celtic Park, back in the Champions League? Which team would you want to see Celtic drawn against? Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Real Madrid's the one that Celtic have never got in recent times. Never, they never got them. They kept getting Barcelona all the time. I've got to say, I, I completely agree. They've so had Bayern Munich, they've had Paris Saint-Germain. Aye, aye. Real Madrid's the one they've not had. Aye. Would you think, Chris? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like that. I, to be honest, I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> really. I, I'd, I'd, like to see, I'd, I'd like to see Celtic get an English club. I, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the Manchester City games and uh, thoroughly enjoyed them. And I thought Celtic did more than hold their own. Um, so I would like I, I love the Battle of Britons as well you know I enjoyed playing in them and I, I always think that that's the worst case scenario for it for English teams the Premier League teams because of the expectation because of, of the view down south about Scottish football uh, so I would like to see an English team up at Celtic Park Real Madrid and Tottenham there you go that's my tip I know she didn't say Manchester City or Liverpool for very good reason <laughs> Not sure how many of the Celtic backline would fancy seeing Manchester City or Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, it's been, as usual, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Chris, Swanee, thanks very much for your time. I should say for everyone listening, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back very soon with another record Celtic podcast. <laughs>